0: A leading tech analyst joins us to talk about tech's November rally, the state of Tesla, AI, Apple, and more. All that coming up right after this.
1: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off.
0: Book it a Big Technology Podcast, a show for cool, headed nuanced conversation, of the tech world and beyond. And today I'm excited to welcome Dan Ives to the show. He's the managing director and senior equity research analyst at Wedbush Security. He has his finger on the pulse of so many important tech companies, including Tesla and Apple. We like to go back and forth a little bit on CNBC. I think I'm a little more negative on Apple and he's pretty positive. So far he's gotten the best of me in those debates. Dan, great to have you. Welcome to the show. Oh,
2: it's great to be here. And uh, it's just to be honest with you, I think, I think you're one of the best technology minds out there. So this is just, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Thank you, Dan. And and likewise, I'm reading all your notes. Uh, You write prolifically about the tech world, and it's always fun to talk with you on CNBC. And I'm I'm grateful that you've chosen to spend some time with us here today. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. So just to set the table, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the market. So, you know, we're hovering with pretty high interest rates, right? So you would imagine that there would be a slowdown, but the S&P 500 is up 20% on the year. And not only that, uh, it closed November up 9% and the NASDAQ was up 11%. So it was this very large rally. I mean, the year is unbelievable right now in the S&P, powered almost counterintuitively by big tech. What exactly do you think is going on there?
2: Look, I, I remember we went to one trade right, for our earnings season, and I think look, I think the biggest thing is that institutionally very negatively positioned into three Q earnings season, expecting soft guidance, soft numbers, you know, a macro where, you know, a hard landing, I think we're still being baked in. And it's actually the opposite. I mean, we've seen tech be as resilient as really any other phase that I could remember going through a you know a choppy macro like this. I think AI has gone from, you know, just NVIDIA to now hitting the shores attack in terms of real spend that we're seeing across from Microsoft to Amazon to Oracle and others. And when you go into next year, it's like, look, I think now we're gonna have a Fed that cuts. You got so much money on the sidelines. Unless you have a telescope from a planetarium, it's hard to find that recession. And I think investors are are now focused and be like, okay, like, is this the start of the new tech bull market? And I believe it is. I'm not saying we're not gonna have some choppiness going into January, but I believe tech stocks will be up another twenty percent in two thousand twenty four.
0: You now think that we're about to enter this big bull market in tech. And in fact, you have a note out Tuesday talking about how uh, we're, we're on the way. That the subject line is, heading into 2024, we see a new bull market for the tech sector. And what, one of the things that really drives your thesis here is that you think that you know we might not see a lot more spending in enterprise, but cloud and AI-driven uh, spending this might be up 20 to 25% over the next year. Um, here's the thing that I really want to seize on though. You say that you, there are use cases that are now exploding across the enterprise and consumer landscape. So Dan, what are the use cases that you're seeing? Because I think for, for people on the, on the ground level here, like one of the big questions about AI is we're hearing so much about it, but we're not seeing it actually put into too many products outside of maybe sure. like the big Microsoft co type of things. So where are these use cases that you're seeing? So we
2: we we've done surveys the last few months we have over eighty use cases right now. And these are these are enterprise. I mean I just want to differentiate I think it's 10x the amount of spending in enterprise as the consumer landscape. So when we look what's happening across financials, insurance, hospitals Regulate on the government side on the cyber security
0: side it's it's what i view is probably the biggest transformation we've seen ever i just heard gene munster who's another analyst talk about how like this is a 99 and the web is a 50 in terms of a one to a hundred important scale i think maybe fire is 100 or something like that um i'm just not convinced this isn't big data 2.0 like big data was this big revolution where like you all of a sudden could make sense of things that you couldn't before and it would provide clarity and allow organizations to do what they couldn't do previously. So why is this so different? For but you? I don't think you're wrong.
2: I don't think you're wrong in that view. Like my, my view, it, it's somewhere in between. So in other words, let's say I'm going after Alex as a customer. For 10 years, Alex is just paying maintenance you know, every once in a while buying a new module. Alex is a billion dollar company with IT budget that's, let's say, 30, 40.
0: That's an here. accurate description of big technology, by the way.
2: No, but, 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 you, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, and, yeah. And, and yeah. I know you hypothetically, I think, yeah. I, and I know at big technology, yours is a lot bigger, but let's just say, hypothetically, you know, so, okay. So now all of a sudden, Alex called me, the vendor, being like, show me how I could spend. Where are the use cases for my company? So now Alex, that was just paying maintenance, you know, a few modules a year incremental. I come in, you know, for a bake-off once a year. Now you're calling me. I'm a vendor. I come in. That's why. When you look at Salesforce, Adobe, Oracle, you know, name your, these install-based plays, it's your point, like with the big data 2.0, it's opening the door to now conversations, deployments, beta, that was not there. Because, and now you actually have the functionality to present much more compelling ROIs than you had before. So I think it's somewhere like in I think it's somewhere in between. I don't and I don't think you're wrong at all. And I think there's there's many that have that view, but it doesn't it could be a nineteen ninety-five moment, or as you know, the way Gene puts it, or or the way that you put it. But either of those, that's gonna be a huge talent to enterprise spent. Like, regardless of which word it is. that That's, I think at the end of the day, that's really the difference. It's like, it doesn't, like, Tom Brady's not going to be Tom Brady every game. But
0: over the course of a season, what does it look like? Yeah, no, I and I definitely allow for the fact that, like, it might look like Big Data 2.0 right now. But this technology has this oppor- ability, opportunity to be exponentially more impressive than anything we've seen before. If it keeps improving at the rate that it has been improving. And you're saying that of all these companies, just Microsoft is kicking butt.
2: Dude, they're like... It's unbel Like, look, it's just... It's actually unbelievable. Just their ability to just win, what, eight of every 10? Nine of every 10? big, Big AI deals. Yeah. Because also, like, they're... They're Microsoft Shop. It's foundational on Azure. You have Copilot. You got to open it. it. Look, that's also why, like, for Jazzy and for Curry and at Google, for what we see in Oracle with Safra, it's it's playing catch-up.
0: Right. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to go deep into this with you because, Dan, one of the things that I love about the work that you do is you go meet the customers you go to China when you want to talk about you know, what's going on with Apple. And it's very interesting to hear your perspective on this, especially as it relates to where the tech stocks are going to go next year. So let's just talk a little bit about the biggest uh, tech stock, which is Apple. I mean, you make these trips out to the manufacturers um, to talk a little bit about like what demand is going to look like. I'd be curious to hear your perspective on the state of the company today um iphone 15 has released it's in market i have one i like the phone but the thing that's coming that apple's coming up against is the fact that the phones work well enough that people don't want to replace them as often as they used to so and we've seen what we see how many quarters of declining revenue has apple had like maybe four four or five in a row and um you know iphone makes up such an important part of the company's Revenue makeup that you just kind of wonder, like, what is the trajectory of this company? Now, you're a bull on the company, obviously. What, what do you What do you think the answer is?
2: Look at my again. I've always, like, I always
0: really take issue or whatever,
2: but, like, people like yeah. odds declining or whatever. And I always be like, look, you have 600 bits of currency at one right. So like, in actuality, it's you know, cons currency growing, but Mac iPads. That's that's not the focus, right? In other words, like now iPhone units are growing. The the ASP is you're going further and further upstream. After part selling
0: price. Yeah. yeah, like
2: 925, 950, maybe a year ago, eight twenty-five, 50 And services is a key part to the monetization, right? I think services now going back double digits. I think services is worth 1.4 1.5 trillion. Look, you hit on like no doubt like the biggest issue is that like people become 99 percent keep their iPhone, they upgrade, they were upgrading every two years, now it's course every call it three and a half to four years. you're going through a cycle here that clearly is gonna be better than I think expected, at least you know going into it. but it's like what's next? And that's why I think, like, look, I think for Apple, like, what's next is, like, you got to continue to hold a lot in China. You know, they gain share. Huawei comes in essentially what's called an iPhone 12, you know, from a technology perspective. Huawei's come in it with you got a whole court. That's essentially what they've had to do in China. And so far, so good. Right. But I think from a stock perspective, because I see on Twitter all the time. Or from institutional investors, where I think people have miscalculated or underestimated is that when you have an install base like that, the ability to monetize is unparalleled. It goes back to like BlackBerry, Nokia. You know, everyone got to like the user growth, billion user. They were warning where monetize it, services, software. I right. think we're just in the the next phase of the Apple growth story
0: from a monetizing the install base. Right. I think it would be worthwhile to just talk a little bit about, this is a bit of kind of inside baseball, but I think it would be worthwhile talking to folks about how you come to your, your beliefs in terms of how many iPhones are going to ship. I mean, you just said that you're, you have belief in this, um, iPhone 15 and that it's going to be a better cycle than people expected. Um, You know, some people, when they say that, they guess, right? Like, they triangulate based off of, like, five friends, and they're like, well, three out of 15, so it seems like it's going to hit the number. But you actually go out to the manufacturers in China and Taiwan, I think. I mean, you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about your process, because, you know, even though it's inside baseball, I think it's pretty fascinating.
2: And that's across Wall Street. I mean, if you look, like, for any technology analyst, semiconductor analyst, typically they go to Asia four times a year. Mm -hmm. sometimes more and it's really trying to understand you know and you could if you look at the component parts let's say the iphone Mm -hmm. there's basically a food chain i mean it's really it's a bottoms up it's essentially a bottoms up way to come up with a guesstimate of where you believe demand is so if you talk to if you talk to suppliers and suppliers are not positive or they're not building out and they're actually cutting production that's a negative Mm -hmm. so i always view the checks that you do in asia as directional but not exact right so 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 let's just go back to like um the yeah everything that happened with the whole like the shadow ban like that was going with the iphone remember like when everything happened like Government shadow ban, like, going into iPhone 15. Well, let's, let's own, actually... No, no, no. Let's talk about what, what happened there. Articles come out that there's a shadow ban that basically government employees within China are not being allowed to buy iPhone. Like, right. they, they can't bring them into work. Now, now, this just goes back. Like, I'm just walking into, like, my... So, I wake up in the morning, see it. I'm like... I'm like how's that like I'm like in my mind I'm like it, just being around the region for my whole career I'm like as a government employee like you'll never bring an iPhone into a you typically leave it at home you have another phone but that's always been like that app. like they're always trying to like within China and I'm like I haven't heard of anything like that so I was like that's one where like we have to spend the day doing our work you know within the region to see if this is something that changes our thesis. And five, six hours later, I'm like, I'm not saying there can't be some sort of,
0: you know, headwind, but Mm -hmm. I viewed it as kind of a fictional story. Like you could wait this was a Wall Street Journal story. I mean, how could they get it so wrong? I think they're right. I think they were right. In terms of the premise, okay, but wrong that it's not new. That's and then true. people said, "Aha, there's a ban," and there's always so a bit of policy right. in place. Because, like, look, like, but that even still, Dan, that's a that's a terrible story to publish if that's the case. Yeah, but look, when you look, it is
2: always just like as an analyst, just like a journalist, it is so hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's like me calling a stock into that's always difficult right so there's always gonna be times where like you could be right directionally wrong maybe in the thing and look that but that's what me but just going back to like that's what makes covering tech and covering these names so exciting is that there's all different opinions right because that day everyone there there might be someone that's been super negative on apple and be like you know i mean like when that happened do you know how many emails and twitter and calls i got
0: being like told you right it was it was going to happen it's it, it is interesting that it's coincided also though with the fact that huawei has overtaken apple inside china right as the number one phone and you know, I don't know, maybe this wasn't something new, but it does seem like, A, there's two things that are happening that, that might be a cause of worry. One is um, the Chinese economy is struggling That's and you different. might want to go to a cheaper model there. It seems like it would favor Huawei. And two, for maybe maybe this isn't brand new, but, and, and who knows, maybe this has been reversed after Xi came to San Francisco and hung out with Biden. But um, there has been a move away from globalization <laughs> in China. So, the, the, you know, it seems like you take those two together and it is a moment of worry for Apple.
2: But then also, but then I would go back to like, and this is why, like, look, if, if I called stocks from my 12th floor on, a, you know, in a New York City, Midtown. Yeah. I would have gotten 90% of my stocks wrong because I would just sit here on my spreadsheet. Right. It's hard I make the trips. Yeah. So, by. By, by spending so much time in the region, you understand like China, like Apple is one of the most important employers in China. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially mid to high end Chinese. They all want iPhones. Right. And it comes down to like, you know, there's always going to be a push pull. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you want to call it like that, but it, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be a worry. It's not going away. I just think at least now for iPhone 15, the worry
0: was maybe much more pronounced than the reality. Dan, when, when you go to these suppliers, do you just like walk up to the factory and be like, hey, like how many components are you producing? I mean, how do these meetings come together?
2: No, th- I think that's all part of, you know, a lot of times these are investor meetings. These companies meet with investors, you know, all around the world. Right And it's all, you know, I, I view it as a puzzle that you're trying to put together. Like, one data point is in itself doesn't give you directional. But you, you have to listen to so many of these conference calls. You got to really follow Foxconn. I think Foxconn, you know, clearly as a spy back, is one of the most important ones, you know, in terms of trying to understand what's happening there. And that's also why we spend so much time Malaysia, Vietnam, a lot of these other countries, you know, there's a lot of component players that play there. And it's not, I also think like, it's not always just trying to get numbers right. It's trying to understand like where the trends are going. Right. Like I'm mean, I actually go back to years ago where like we viewed like okay, like a foldable phone. There was not you know, there was there was not a groundswell that wanted a foldable phone within within the whole supply chain. So when there was a view that Apple was gonna come out of the foldable phone, you know, we viewed that as something that was not gonna you know, likely happen.
0: Right. What is in it for these components uh, manufacturers to speak with folks? I mean, it seems like they would put their relationship with Apple in jeopardy if they were to share, let's say, bad news. So how do you sort of take their incentive to speak with you and their motivations and their angle in terms of like you're you're then uh, trying to process that and get to the truth?
2: Yeah. I think you try to take it all with a grain of salt. Because a lot of it, you're trying to... Because remember, it's not even you're doing it. It's not like Apple is just one piece of it, right? You're trying to understand where where the technology is going. That's true. Like when it comes to like, five, so that that's actually to me, I think that's that's probably the most important thing in terms mm-hmm. of where it all heads. Like in terms of where the technologies are going, five G, six G, like. Within within Apple owning their own silicon, are they are there other areas that they're gonna maybe try to bring further in? What does that mean for Samsung? What does that mean for Huawei? I think the biggest issue. Look, I I also think probably one of the biggest issues is just trying to understand like Apple in China, Taiwan. How much do they try to bring to India? How much do they try to bring to Vietnam?
0: Yeah, what is the state of their supply chain right now? Are they diversifying away from China? I think quickly, they're or? diversifying, but, but not I think quickly. Very carefully. Okay,
2: I see. Because because even like, you know, it's easy for someone sitting on their um lounge chair to be like, "Oh, they should just diversify from China and India." Well, I mean, they have probably
0: one of the most complex supply chains like in the world. Right. Exactly. Okay. So why don't we take a break and then talk about Tesla on the other side of this? Because I know you have a lot of thoughts about Tesla and I teased it at the beginning. So we'll be back here right after this with Dan Ives, managing partner at Wedbush Securities, also a senior equity research analyst. You've heard a lot about how he researches the equities. On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking about one of the more fascinating companies in the tech world this moment, Tesla. Back right after this. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And we're back here on Big Technology Podcast with Dan Ives, the Managing Director and Senior Equities Research Analyst at WebBush Security. Dan, let's talk about Tesla. I mean, kind of, it's kind of interesting. You are like very pro-Apple. I think you're generally pro-Tesla, but they have been discounting the cars and the last earnings call their margin came down in a real way and i think that like you had uh, some perspective on it that you sent out that basically like this is the opposite of a, of a good earnings call or just like this is the a devastation disaster. disastrous yeah. thing just because basically what's happening is tesla's giving away the margin and giving away like you know, kinda of like the, the fruit of their business trying to sell more units. And you were not very happy with that. So either I they really are selling more units. Yeah. And the Cybertruck is out. So where do you stand on Tesla today? Look, I mean, it's been
2: one of our long term bullish fever needs. Right? But like a kid where you're gonna yell at the kid and if they don't do their homework, like you're you're gonna be honest, right? And that's and I think that's always been our DNA. Like, we're going to call like we see it. Like, that was the disaster conference call. The communication, especially around margins, was, you know, very unclear. Because the big issue here is, okay, you cut costs. Look, well, we wanted them to cut prices in China. You're in a price war. This is a time where, like, their margins are here. Everyone else's margins are here. It's a time you could squeeze, 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 focus on units. That was the right poker move. That's why the stock went from 100 to 200, okay? Now, it's like, okay, well, how much more do you cut? Because investors need to get to a point where it's like, okay, line in the sand, we're not cutting anymore, and you didn't get that. And I think, now, ironically, look, our whole view is we're 95, 98% there. And if you look so far since earnings since end of October, that evidence would be would support that. It was like you've actually had price increases rather than price decreases. So far, China numbers look very strong. So it's our view, like, look, the the electric vehicle industry, it's like price discovery. That's essentially what they're going through we talked about Apple before, it was like, Apple out. trying to figure out how much to charge for their cars. Exactly. And it was like, hey, look, and the realistically, like at 70, 80,000, you're never going to get mass market. You need to be 30, 35, 40,000. Now they've been able to produce the cars so much cheaper. Obviously in an interest rate environment, you could cut prices, interest rate rise to the consumer. There's really no impact. Right. I mean, so it's like, that's, That's the problem that all automakers have been going through. But my view on Tesla is it's much longer term. My view is like we're still in the second inning of electric vehicles. Now, there's definitely been moderation relative to me where we thought this was going to go. But they're going to own more and more from a battery technology perspective, from FSD, supercharger, some of the parts. I've always viewed them as a disruptive technology player, not an auto company. And I view this as more of an air pocket period for Tesla rather than like... Like I view it more as like, okay, you're going to go hyper growth, air pocket, and then I think... Right,
0: quick drop and then back up to to altitude.
2: Look, and I think the reason you see the stock... Like, well, why is the stock continue to move higher even though we had those margins? It's because investors, they're looking through to Q four, into Q one, into two Q. You talk about Cybertruck. Like, look, the fact that they're actually producing this at mass, like on the trajectory, that 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 started knowing that they were never gonna be able to do this. Austin, that's why Austin is so important. In terms of the broader build out, but Alex, like a year from now, they need to have a sub thirty thousand dollar vehicle. That's you think they'll get there? I look. I think that's why Mexico is so important. I mean, right? It, Mexico. If you go back me, the, modern the Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. factory that they're right. going to build. Do you, are you a Cybertruck fan? I'm a. Look, I'm personally a Cybertruck fan. Are you gonna? Are you?
0: Do you drive a Tesla? I plan- what, what's the type of car? I plan to buy, plan to buy a Cybertruck. You're gonna okay. You got to come by, Dan. We're gonna we got to sw- swing around Brooklyn together and hang out in that Cybertruck. Oh, I think it's I a cool it. truck. Yeah, definitely. When I get it, I'm gonna pick yeah. you up.
2: Brooklyn sounds good. Put your shades on. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Nobody's <laughs> like, but look, but but with Cybertruck, my view is like. Take a view of the market where F one hundred and fifty is nine hundred nine fifty thousand per year.
0: The number one selling truck in the a car a, auto
2: in the yeah. U.S. Right? So can you start to just chip away at that? I mean, that's really that's what they're going for, and also they're going for like okay, if if you had a Tesla, do you buy a Cybertruck? It's a market opportunity that Rivian I think successfully has gone after, but even Rivian. Obviously, the big issue is
0: the uh, you know they're actually producing. Oh, so so I by the way, I I mean I mentioned this on the show on Friday, but I just uh, took a Rivian. Uh, they lent me the the truck and drove it up to oh. Boston uh, over like, Thanksgiving and then back. I so thought it was you a think, great ride. Would you, it was super fun yeah. to drive that thing. Well felt? It what felt color. What color exterior was it? Limestone. Oh yeah, it's yeah, store. it's nice. Yeah and uh I don't know it just had it felt like driving a small car and it was a pretty big pickup. it was just like a very smooth you. ride guess, like the way you are like you're I could see you in the like a person out
2: I could definitely see you in a riv-
0: think, think I'm a Rivian guy and not a Cybertruck guy dan I don't know i <laughs> i think i think you could be both, yeah, but I
2: definitely could see you driving around those sunglasses doing your big tech
0: podcast on on the yeah, no, I I thought it was a great truck. We're gonna have R.J. Skur and John, um, but uh, but it's very hard to park in the city. So I don't yeah. think I'll be buying it anytime soon. Do you? Do you? So when you said there's a production issue for them, um, what what do you mean by that on the Rivian side? Is they they just can't ramp. Is that what's happening? I mean, that's the biggest issue, and I, you know, huge respect for R.J. and the Rivian
2: right. team. The biggest issue since the IPO is just. There's, there, there's always been dog eat the homework excuse look it's hard to produce mm-hmm. cars right like, right totally and i think when they come out since the since their ipo it's been a constant production issues i think they they've resolved a lot of that mm-hmm. clearly you know they're building out a new factory in atlanta that's going to be you know key as we go into the next few years look the demands there they've they've created a phenomenal vehicle you, you mm-hmm. have that amazon relationship on the commercial side even though you know, it's changed a bit. It's,
0: it's now just capitalizing on the opportunity. Yeah. All right. Well, we're nearing an end of, of the show. And we're also nearing an end of uh, 2023. You got any hot 2024 predictions you can throw at us? I think we
2: are going to have a tidal wave mm-hmm. of M&A in software. Oh, I think massive m M&A. and I think financial strategic m and I mean, right now, FTC, Con, No One Fears Anymore, given you know it's black eye after black eye, post-Microsoft Activision, others. I think you're going to see a lot of big deals, mm-hmm. strategic as well as financial. I think it's due for consolidation. So probably that's going to be one big prediction. Um Two, I think we sit here a year from now, and I think tech stocks are up another 20%. Really? Okay. Yeah, and, and then I think third... Is that that I think AI, because right now everything we're talking about is like, okay, the exploratory, like Mm -hmm. kicking the tire, beta deals are now maybe starting to get sized out a year from now, and you're probably going to be at the forefront of this. It's really realizing like just how big and real the monetization is. Yeah. Okay. And, and fourth, fourth would be Mets make playoffs.
0: Mets make the playoffs. They better man yeah. at this
2: point. No, so fourth would be Mets make I'm, yeah. I'm a big believer in Cohen and everything he's mm-hmm. doing, and we've been through battles, obviously uh, as Mets fan. But I do believe, I do believe Mets make playoffs 24.
0: Okay, well if all this comes true, it's going to be a great year. Okay, two two more things about about next year. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Does Elon Musk still own X at the end of 2024?
2: He owns X, but he probably has others that have now get a bigger ownership stake Mm -hmm. as he probably is going to have to sell pieces of it. That would be my, just give it, it, it's an upside down structure in terms of the loans that have been taken out. It's probably worth less than 10 billion today. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely going to have to be probably, I think, some change in ownership structure. He still will own it, but I think probably uh, others will have to. You know, would I would down. imagine like the banks just get mad and demand the money. Well, also, them. it's uh, it's upside down, right? Like in terms meaning? of the nature. It's like meaning I have a million dollar mortgage on a $200,000 house. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. exactly. And that's the, not a the good suite. Yeah, no, the banks tend to say something about that. So we'll see what happens there. All right. I don't know if you're into crypto and anything like that, but but I am stunned that Bitcoin is above 40,000. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be. Do you think that's sustainable? Where do you think it ends next year? I don't know about
2: like price point, Bitcoin. I do believe mm-hmm. the use case because I'm a, I'm a big fan of blockchain. Like in right. terms of like the use, so I do believe the fact that after all the disasters we've been through with Bitcoin, you know, in terms of uh, SBF and everything else, and this and Bitcoin doing what it's doing, it's it's noticeable. I'm not. I'm not a huge believer in terms of like maybe where the price could go from here, but mm-hmm. I do think the use cases are expanding across from a blockchain perspective.
0: Okay, well we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll. It'll. It is astonishing to see what's happened with that. Although I don't know, it's had its ups and downs, so it's up again. All right, Dan. I thank you so Yo, much. Thanks for joining so much. It is so much. Great to hang out so much with for you. For having me. Always, always great to see you. So glad that you came through. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for oh, being here. Oh, great to see you, and you do excellent yeah. work. Like Great to be a part of it. Likewise. Thanks again. Oh, where can people, if people want to follow you online, where's the best way to um sign? Yeah, so uh, tw- uh, Twitter,
2: uh, d Tech,
0: mm-hmm.
2: LinkedIn, haters, lovers. I, I, I like to engage <laughs> with everyone, so just hit
0: me whenever. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. And uh, we will see you next uh, – we'll see you on Friday for a show breaking down the news. And then uh, stay tuned next Wednesday, Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger will be here to talk a little bit about what's going on in that world. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Big Technology Podcast. Good job. Good job.